Hey, what's up, guys? On today's episode of Stories, we got my man, Tyler Hilton. And you may know him from One Tree Hill and being Elvis on Walk the Line. But what you might not know is that he has a dope history of touring, and it's a lot of fun. And yeah, here we go. How you doing, man? Good. I'm doing really good. Nice. You just, just got back, back in LA. You just got back a yeah. couple, like a week ago, right? Or a couple weeks ago? Yeah, not even a week ago. We just got back, and um, we were in Canada for a long time. But we've been kind of splitting our time between there and here, and then uh, we just spent so much time up there during the pandemic that we're kind of like, I think we're gonna, we're really thinking about moving there permanently. So. But it's it's nice being back in LA. I think I think we're probably gonna leave town and you know leave probably move out of here. But um, it kind of makes being here a little sweeter right now. But crazy time of transition though, wild. Yeah, wild. man, it's 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 a nutty time. It's getting a little less nutty, but it definitely was a lot nuttier a few months ago. Like wow, like- I'm, yeah, and I'm so fascinated by everyone I talk to, like where their life plans differ now from from before. You know. Because everyone's got a little bit of a tweak. It's so funny, you know, but it's a big tweak, you know, like obviously I know so many people like you probably do that are like moving town or moving areas of the country or, um, but just crazy. It's just wild. I I know people starting families that I never would have thought would do that. I know like, it's just, it's just wild. The whole thing is just weird. It totally shook up the snow globe, didn't it? It's crazy. It, it that's that's a great analogy. It really did shake up the snow globe. I mean, for so many people I know, for myself included, it just it just shook everything up. And I think you know all all we can do is just you know work with it and you know realize this is beyond our control and we got to just we got to just roll with it, you know? I know. And it's funny, like the, the ego part of us that like, especially like in this era where we're so like identified with like dreams and people in like Silicon Valley and making things happen. And you can pretty much do anything from an app and you get this like idea of like, okay, this is what I want to do. So now that I've got a path, I'm going to go for it. And you kind of like, we forgot that we could be so knocked off course by something like this, but you hear about it in history too. Like people that were, you know, I don't know, classical pianists in World War II that became like shoemakers afterwards. Or, or, you know what I mean? You just hear about all the time. You know, it's almost like we've been sheltered from this kind of like disruption, but um, it's just crazy. You know, it's just, it's so funny that we all are just a little bit different, you know, afterwards. Crazy. I agree, man. And it's like, yeah, I, nobody could have predicted. I mean, well, I mean, I think there's some people that could have predicted this if, yeah. if history shows us anything. But, uh, you know, I feel like the people like you and I, yeah, the brain guys, you know, yeah. those, those guys for sure. But the people like you and I, like, I feel like, you know, at least for me, I can speak for myself. I had blinders on. I was like, nothing's going to stop touring ever. Like, what yeah. could possibly do that? Oh, Okay. I literally never considered a pandemic. And I thought I was diversified because I was like, hey, I'm an actor so I can be on set. And if that dries up, you know, I can go on tour. I didn't consider something that would take large groups of people being together and take that off the table, which is everything I do. You know, just crazy. Mm-hmm. Um, well, but yeah, the, yeah, funny. but I mean, like you're, if you're, you've been, you've been more on the music tip though. So that yeah. just for you, it's like, 
yeah, like you, you've been transitioned into this world for years and it's, you know, playing live shows are like, kind of like how we, how we do our shit. And, yeah. <laughs> you know, it's like, yeah, it's, it's crazy how that all changed. It's weird. Uh, and I was kind of like, remember the time right before touring got like popular again or something, you know, like it wasn't, I feel like t- being on the road wasn't that popular and people weren't really making money doing it like in the early 2000s or whatever. I don't know. I can't remember when it started changing, but it was like, like, I don't know, maybe 2005. You know, I, I think I started touring a lot like 2010 and on, but uh, it seemed like before that, every all the kind of touring with just pop acts or whatever, even singer-songwriter acts was a lot of promo stuff. I just don't remember touring being as heavy as it was. And then it got huge, like with reissues of vinyl and then people trying to sign the 360. Oh, that's what happened, is all mm-hmm. the shit went digital. And then yep. everyone was like, oh, man. And so everyone went out on the road and that spawned like all these merch industries. And, and then it was a whole infrastructure for touring. So I it, it was just like, whoa, for the last, I don't know, maybe 20, no, 10 years, whatever. Yeah, solid. It's been like touring, you know, that's the vibe, you know, crazy. Yeah, And it's like, you know, I mean, yeah, that's kind of how everybody has to make their money in essence, like is. And then full stop, all those musicians, Mm. everyone in Nashville, all those crew guys, you know, like, Mm -hmm. oh my God, just crazy. The crew, the crew crew people and the venue workers, I know for a fact, felt the worst, you know, I mean. You know, at least the musicians, like, you guys have your outlets to, you know, be able to do, like, a live stream and stuff like that. And and that's great. I think that's But that's, fantastic. like, the front guys, you know? Like, the lead singers or the solo artists, like, all the, like, I mean, best bass players you've ever heard in the world, you know, or whatever, like, uh, you know... I'm sure I'm sure they're all figuring it out, but it's just like a mind fuck, you know? <laughs> like yeah. whoa. Like Well, so crazy. like what have what have you done to kind of like pivot during all this? What's what's been well, your vibe? You know, my first instinct was like it was weird because I put out my last record, City on Fire, in 2019. And starting in 2018, I was like, I'm gonna give this record a year and a half solid of touring. So I started back half of 2018. I bought an RV and I was like, I'm living in this thing the entire album cycle. And my wife was like, whatever, go for it. Like she was doing all this kind of... So in the middle of that, she ends up getting pregnant and we're like, oh my God. And we've been wanting a kid. We just didn't expect it to happen, you know, then. And um, we were like, okay. And so I was like, okay, you know, let me cancel the touring and I'll stay home with you. And she was like why don't you just keep touring? I'm good. And let's save as much money as we can. Like let's both work our ass off. And then when the baby comes in 2020 or it was December of 2019, we'll just take a year off of work or whatever. And we'll just be all about the baby and getting our life kind of on track. So it just so happened that I toured my ass off for like a year and a half. And then as soon as the pandemic hit, you know, my baby was born and then three months later the pandemic hit, but I was already going to be in that quarantine vibe, you know? Mm. So luckily we got like, it was a good timing for us, you know, but, and it's been great, you know, for the family and everything. This, but 
I was gonna say the sad thing is it's weird like raising a kid who's now a year and a half who's like never hung out with other kids. That's a strange vibe. Mm-hmm. But anyway, when when the pandemic first hit, I was just hot off so much touring and I thought, man, I don't want to lose this connection to the fans that I have. Like so many of the like my fans and I, I don't know what it was, but we got so close on that City on Fire tour. A lot of them came to a lot of dates and I don't know, I can't remember what exactly brought us all so close together, but it was cool. Um and I was just thinking, God, if touring goes away for a year or two, I would just lose all these like cool relationships and vibes. And so I was kind of desperate to find something to do to keep playing, um, just, you know, giving away songs, something, you know, and unfortunately I'm terrible with electronics. So, or <laughs> any kind of, any of that stuff, any kind of streaming, even social media, like it's just not how my brain works or whatever. So mm-hmm. I ended up on, you know, like YouTube, just like, half like trying to figure out like parenting for the first time and half like trying to figure out fucking streaming for the first time. Like (laughs) I was like, just like watching YouTube, like, okay, so if I buy that boondoggle and stick it there, it'll like, I guess I could stream the Instagram live. Like I was just like killing myself. And then a few months in, like my friend, Corey, who's actually a really big fan of the podcast, actually. Oh, Corey's Um, the best man. Corey's great. (laughs) He's stoked. He's the one that told me about you guys, but he, God bless him, was like helping me so much. But we we kind of f- figured out, I started doing free concerts on Instagram every week and then I did a kid's show once a week. Oh yeah, Ooh. I did that. I started doing a kid's sing-along once a week to kind of for all the kids that were at home. And then I did a concert, regular concert once a week. And we did that for a while and it was like popular. And then someone got us onto Patreon and I was like, let's try Patreon. And we've been doing full produced concerts. See, the thing I was missing about the Instagram thing was like, I hate, I don't know why, but I just like hate setting up a phone and like, you just get the phone audio for the acoustic and the voice. It's like fine or whatever. But I was like, it'd be great if I could figure out how to do like a real microphone, plug the guitar in direct, put a little reverb on there, like really make it sound cool and stream that way. Um, and I was able to do that through Patreon. So now we do concerts once a month there. And um, I like, love it. Dude, I got to be honest, like maybe it's just because I did it for so many years. But, you know, I always say like, it's so fun touring, especially when you look back because you're, you're in this crazy kind of shitty situation always with, with <laughs> people around you. And there's the camaraderie that happens with just being in such a shitty, like you objectively, you look at you, this, a terrible situation for humans to live in. The whole thing is terrible, you know, but then there's this like, <laughs> like two hours or like three hours total in the night that are like some of the best ever. And it justifies all the bullshit, you know? Um, so, but I got, so I kind of thought when I first did the streaming thing that it wasn't going to feel the same, you know, it was going to be like action and I was going to be a dude alone in a bedroom, you know what I mean? And, and it didn't feel like that at all. Like at the first live stream I did, it was like, I kind of felt the nervousness. I saw the fan chats, the whole thing sounds so stupid come out of my mouth, but like, you know, I'm playing for this and I, I just felt like it was a real show. And part of me was like, even when touring comes back, I think I'm going to keep doing these live streams because they've become their own thing. I figured it out. And, um, it's like nice to play and be able to do it from wherever, you know? So anyway, I, th- I think that I, problem was solved. I anyway. think you're right. And I definitely have friends like my man, Brian Fallon from, from Gaslight and who has his own oh. amazing solo career, like who I've been with for over 10 years. Like he kind of did the same thing. He was kind of figuring it out. Like he was just like, I was on tour with him when everything got shut down. And oh, really? Yeah, well, we were supposed to have a big year in 2020. Like we were, oh. I, I was going to be hopping on tour between, I was going to be, 
hopping on and to- on and off tour with him, Andrew McMahon, and Manchester Orchestra that whole year. Like oh. I was I was booked from fucking January until December. Like I was oh. ready to go. But you know oh, what, man? Like, dude, we, I, you know I haven't talked to a lot of people like that, so this is cool to hear. That's yeah. that's crazy. There's a lot of people out there who had those and just maybe, you know, maybe they don't want to talk about it yet, but I mean, or maybe it's just too hard for them to talk about. But for me, well, it's also like, I just haven't been around people to talk about. Like I, yeah. this is some of the few interactions like I've had, except for like my baby and my wife, you know, my family <laughs> and stuff, but there's no like hangs or whatever. I haven't like run into other dudes and been like, yo, how's it been? Like it hasn't been like that, you know? Yeah. Anyway, that's crazy. Yeah. But I mean, like, you know, we all, we, you know, we got to figure out a way to, you know, and I think a lot of, a lot of people I know at least personally have, and you know, like, I was telling Corey, like, I've been doing this for 18 years, so I, you know, I I know a lot of people who are in the same boat right now on all different levels, crew and band and all that stuff. And, you know, it's, it's, it's not ideal at all, obviously, but I mean, now it's kind of, we're seeing the light at the end of the tunnel. Like it's starting to, you know, we're seeing things getting announced and it's like, all right, this is cool. But you know, it's, it's, Yeah. It's just, it, it, it's one of those things when it gets taken away from you, uh, you don't expect it. And yeah, yeah. You're just like, okay, what now? Oh, I have to be home longer than I've been for the last yes. two decades. That's <laughs> okay. the other thing is like just being home that much for people that aren't used to it. You know, we think all the time, like, oh, I wish I was spending more time home. Like, no, touring's great, but it's nice to have the work, but it'd be great to have, and then all of a sudden you're home and you're like, oh my God, it's, it's its own challenge. It's wild. Yeah. I mean, yeah, it's, it's crazy, but you know, it, it ends up, you know, you, again, you kind of like adapt to the situations and, yeah. you know, and for you, it seems like it's been totally positive because you've got to spend time with your wife and your child. And that's, that's great. You know, like you're, you're there yeah. all the time, you know? Yeah, I mean, luckily, the only heartbreak has been on the personal side, you know, and not the work side, because I feel like a lot of people have it from all sides, you know, the work just, you know, totally dried up, and and then obviously the personal side, not seeing people or people getting sick, you know, but Mm -hmm. the work thing was like totally fine, but dang, man. And also like, thank God for things like Patreon and explosion of things like that and um, Cameo, you know, things like that to keep in touch with the fan. Those things are just, have totally exploded. I mean, and honestly, dude, like the other crazy thing is like, I know so many people moving out of LA and Nashville and stuff now too. And I mean, even as like, connected as we were virtually everything was pretty concentrated geographically in like a few cities and now it's like i don't know like with all these like patreons cameos different ways to keep in touch with fans and zoom i mean who the (laughs) fuck ever said that in in, in like before like crazy zoom right there like even that we're it's like the whole thing you know now it's like I don't know. You could do what you want to do from anywhere. Like, I love the trees. I love the cold. I love the snow. I love that Canada vibe. And, but I've never been like, no, I can't, I can't leave LA or I can't leave Nashville. You know, now I'm like, 
fuck, maybe we can, you know, just crazy. Yeah. And Canada's great. Can, I mean, I could, I could talk for, I could have, a, I could have a podcast about how much I love Canada, but I mean, <laughs> like Canada. Oh really? Have you been a yeah. bunch like on tour or whatever? Yeah. I toured with, um, I toured with that band Silverstein. They're a heavier band, uh, from Canada and they're from like the suburbs of Toronto. And I toured with them for cool. years and we did so much Canada touring. And did you? Was, you probably saw a lot more of it than I have because I've just, you know, done the Ontario, Quebec kind of vibe. But um, oh, dude, no, we've driven like from Ontario to like Vancouver. Like, oh, I've always like wanted that. to do that. Oh my god, it's beautiful. It's is it? It's gorgeous. It's abs. It's better. The views are better than any drive you could possibly get in the states, and uh, I will Damn. stick by that. It's crazy, bro. It's so good and it's, okay. if the weather's right you got to go between like april and like i'd say uh beginning of september <laughs> that's that's your window yeah, yeah. to do that you know yeah. with the weather but yeah man i mean canada's got its own charm but i know you, they just went into like a third lockdown right Shh, totally surprising i feel like it's but you so guys crazy, had left but... before that right yeah and honestly yeah. we were staying with my mother-in-law and mm -hmm. she has this like cool house on the river, but she's immunocompromised and lives alone. So mm -hmm. we had her help a lot with Winnie and the four of us were just living together, you know? So we didn't mm -hmm. leave ever. We just stayed on the river in this house. So, um, we were locked down either way, but yeah, it's just crazy. The, the numbers there, but it's just, it's just wild to see each country try to get a hold of this thing. Like what the fuck? Yeah. It's crazy, man. I mean, you know, but I mean, I don't know. It's it's like I said, the light the light is coming up. I know it sucks right now, but yeah. You know, and you know technology is going to keep being dope for music and I mean the, think about oh man. Think <laughs> about what's going to change when we're going to be able to jam on Zoom or something like that and there's no delay. Like if somebody comes up with this, you know, uh what a delay compensation or something like that for jamming. I mean, it just that alone will just change so much shit. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. If you could either be jamming in real time over Zoom, you know what I'm saying? Because you can't yeah. like do writings. Um, that will be a whole other crazy thing for musicians. And I feel like that'll just break things wide open. Like if you're able to jam live with the dude from, you know, Norway and like some keyboard player in Japan. I mean, the kind of stuff that you'll be able to watch on your phone, this, the kind of touring you'll be able to do. If you're a bass player, you could literally have a gig every night or mm -hmm. a drummer. You, could, you know what I mean? Like, and just be like jamming with different, it's like that. That's going to be cool, you know? But. Yeah, and that's going to keep getting, like, crazier, I think. And, you know, yeah, yeah. it's like, you know, and, and that's a good thing, I think. I think that's good for our industry and our people. And, you know, it'll definitely create, like, work for some people, too, you know, that might not have had it before, you know, so. But I, I hear a lot thing. of people that aren't musicians, like, be be like... I really miss going to a live show that that is one thing that they, you know, you can like get takeout from a restaurant. You could watch your movies on your laptop, but there's something about for music fans that like love it and love going to a show that they're like, nah, it being there. You know what I mean? It's parking, it's going in, it's being like, Oh shit, here they come. It's that, you know, really irreplaceable that feeling. 
Hey guys, here at Stories, we support family-owned small businesses. With that said, we want to promote our friends over at Purgatory Roasters in Middletown, Connecticut, and they want to give you a discount on their amazing coffee. Use the code STORIES for 15% off your purchase at purgatoryroasters.com. They are open for in-person service as well at their facility in Middletown, Connecticut. It's in the Factory Square building. So if you're on the East Coast, check that out. Also, they're all about punk rock and skateboarding and and I'm all about both those things, and I love their coffee. It is amazing. Check it out. Get the discount. 15% off stories. PurgatoryRoasters.com I was able to work one show during the pandemic, and that was with Manchester. They flew in for like a show in Connecticut on like, it was an acoustic show. It was just the two. It was just the, the singer and the guitar player. And it was on just, it was in a farm, like in Connecticut, like just on a giant open field, but it was totally like, you know, spaced out COVID protocols, obviously and everything. And it almost felt normal. And this was back in October. And I was like, oh, wow. I was like, yeah, this is, this is okay. All right. I'm into this. Like it's a sold out show with 200 people because everybody's spaced out so much on this farm and they could have held like 5,000 people there straight up, but it was obviously like they were being (laughs) responsible. So, but yeah, it felt good, man. It was a good, it was a good vibe. I was very, very stoked about that. Oh my God. And thinking about all the car driving concerts, you know, it's actually going to be a funny image looking back to is that, that speech, whatever the Joe Biden speech is or whatever, maybe he was accepting that he won or something. And all those cars are in the front, all honking. Yep. It was like, it was just, and at the time we were like, dope, 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 you know, like, yeah, it's just this, that, those images like that are going to be so strange, but yeah, I guess they did that with a few concerts too, but that's yeah. crazy. I'm hoping it gets to a point. Cause like I have a lot of friends with young, young kids and you know, you have young kids a young child as well but i hope it gets to that point to where like they grow up and they're like wait what happened in 2020 and 2021 what are you talking about i literally about? I'm gonna be like even if they're joking about it or there's a <laughs> meme i'm gonna be like dude it's literally too soon bro like uh, even in 50 years i'm gonna be like too <laughs> fucking soon it's just like it's just i think i'm gonna have this covid headache like just thinking about like okay shit shit what do we do now like i've done that like once a day for a year and a half it feels like just like oh yeah yeah Yeah. even with the most positive things you can ever there's a point every day where you're like what the fuck is happening yeah yeah yeah, jeff bezos are those online people must have been like oh wait oh this is us this is us right now like everything's going like crazy it's it's nuts, but I mean, but again, I think Crazy. it's gonna be all right. So let's let's yeah, hop yeah. let's hop in the quantum tunnel and go back. We're gonna go cool, back cool, cool. to the beginning of your career. So we know where you started. You 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 started on One Tree Hill, and like I said in the email, like that was that was an acting gig for anybody that doesn't know. But how did your how did they did did they know you were a musician when you were on the when you when you got the role or what? Yeah, it's uh, it's kind of weird that show. The actually the first couple acting things I did, which was Walk the Line. Actually, we we I got that part and filmed it first, and then One oh, Tree Hill. Oh shit! It's, that was before look, One Tree Hill. Yeah, but it took so long to come out. The turnaround on the movie is like two years, especially That's that right. one for whatever reason. Mm-hmm. I think we filmed it in two thousand three, and it came out in two thousand five. Um, but the 
TV turnaround was quick, but they were looking for musicians both times. And and with One Tree Hill or um, Walk the Line specifically, they were like looking for people just to be in the background, um, to be in Johnny Cash's background band. Mm-hmm. And they had asked everyone to come and do a Johnny Cash song. And they were looking for people who had who hadn't acted before because I think they wanted to keep the music part real authentic. And gotcha. then as they found people to be in the background band that looked like different characters they were casting they'd say hey could you read some lines as Waylon Payne or as um I mean as Waylon Jennings or as uh, Elvis Presley or whatever so I was just you know they asked me if I knew any Elvis songs and I sang some of those and and then same thing with the Elvis lines and then somehow you know I got the part and and One Tree Hill was different because they specifically were looking for a musician to come on and be in like one episode or two episodes and um be like a fun guest star for a musician. And so they went out to the labels or I don't know how they find these musicians to fill those kind of roles, but I know they were looking at the creator is, was real into music. So he had people in mind he wanted to use. And, um, one of them was Butch Walker. He was like, Oh, it's gotta be Butch Walker. Or I think Matt Nathanson. And, um, but then they ended up really liking the song of mine called Glad. And somehow I think my label was doing the soundtrack. They were like, just see this kid for the role or whatever. He's younger than what you're looking for. And then they like liked my vibe and they were like, cool, let's try it. So it was just two episodes and I, and the deal with the label was they'd let me sing my single on the on the show. So it was like it was kind of like a partnership with my label. But it turned into something totally different. Like <laughs> yeah. it was just the character was just supposed to come in and out and be done, but somehow like I think the reaction to the character was really strong. Like people really really hated the character. Um and, and they like <laughs> like those kind of reactions, you know. So it was wild for me because I went from kind of unknown uh cuz none of my the movies I had done before had come out. The record hadn't come out yet. I went from like being an unknown to somebody that was like totally hated on this TV show. And I was totally freaked out. Cause I was like, I did this to promote my record. Like I, you guys fucked me. Like I was like, so bummed to my label. Like this is the, this is the, my worst nightmare. People were coming to shows. Like, I can't believe you did that to such and such. And Halo deserves better or whatever. And I'm like, what? Like, I mean, it was just the wildest thing ever, but. You're like that didn't so actually happen. That none of yeah. that actually happened. <laughs> we got paid to do but, that. <laughs> yeah, but I think I just have one of those faces that people wanted to just fucking punch, and they just like it worked for the show. <laughs> and I had so much fun with the cast, and I kept being like, "Yo, if you guys want to have me back, like, um, let's like." I, I was like. Let, it was absolutely like the best time of my life. Like we were filming in this tiny beach town, in North Carolina. There was no mm-hmm. Hollywood bullshit. It was just like young people stoked to be friends. And, um, it was like 100% good vibes. It was like college experience and I was 19. So it was just the best time. So I stayed as long as I could and, and tried to fit in touring around that, you know, based myself in North Carolina for a bit, but, but it was crazy. Yeah. Yeah, but once that was done, you just hit the road and just didn't look back. Like you were like, yeah, and I'd actually been on the road a lot before then too, because I was like, when I started, I was fifteen, and I was doing. I ended up on the show called the Mark and Brian Show out of L.A., and uh, they had had like featured me on their show, and I'd sing some songs. So when I started doing coffeehouse gigs and like bar gigs up and down the West Coast in high school, like there was a lot of people coming. You know, I was packing you know, quote unquote, like coffee houses and small Mm -hmm. bars and stuff. Um, so I did that for a a while. And then, um, and then like William Morris signed me for acting and for, um, you know, touring, but it was kind of a nightmare, like uh, signing with someone big like that. They were great for acting but on the touring side. They just literally had no idea 
what to do as far as like booking clubs or whatever. It's like the craziest thing. Like I could hire somebody off like TaskRabbit to like book clubs and do the research and call the people. And literally I was with CAA and William Morris, God bless them. And like, they cannot book a club to save their life. It's the craziest thing. Ended up with agents years down the road that'll be like, oh yeah, you want to book a club run last minute? Absolutely. Here's the entire Eastern Seaboard. You know, like people that just bam, snap their fingers and do it, you know? And you, you would think these people in these like huge, like mirrored walled glass buildings could just like do the same as lit never. But William Morris got me on, some, a bunch of random tours that I was super, super thankful for ultimately talk about things working out. Cause, um, one of them was the Neville brothers, horrible pairing. Like the audience wouldn't, <laughs> didn't know what to do with me, but it, you know, I think they dug my vibe, but you know, I'm this like young, like super, like, I don't know innocent looking like white kid and the whole thing is wild. So they sent me out with the Neville brothers and the Neville brothers were great to me, but I got to hear the greatest music ever every night. And they sent me out with a fucking um, reggae band, steel pulse legends in the reggae field. <laughs> Almost every night people booed me off stage. I mean, literally were like, and I'm not exaggerating, like leave you suck. And oh. I, I was like petrified, you know, like I didn't have a record out. My label's like, yeah, you should do a tour like this to like get some experience. I'm like, I guys I have experience. <laughs> I I'm looking to do more too. I'm not like looking to practice being on stage, but dude, I got, in fact, um, one of the guys from steel poles on the last show said something to me like, and he's like this old, really cool looking dude said something like, Oh, we've got a name for you on the tour. And it was, oh, no. um, I can't remember what it was, but it was something having to do with like steel balls or something like that. <laughs> and he was like, and it was in some kind of language. I mean, he was like, because of what he was like, Oh, I'm really sorry. And for what you've had to go through, it was awful. It was every night they were like, they literally couldn't, people were fucked up and like ready to hang and jam to some steel poles. And it's like, you know, and then I come out and I'm like singing like songs about love songs and I'm playing my Taylor guitar. It was like, it was totally wild, but I mean, I got such thick skin and now I never get nervous, but anyway, so those were the tours I went on pr pretty much initially. And I was like, this is a nightmare. They got me some other tours. I couldn't headline yet. And I didn't have a bunch of material, just like one record of stuff. So they got me out with like Gary Jules. He was a songwriter vibe and that was great. And you know, some other random people. And then I, I think the next big tour I did was that totally changed everything for me is I did this college tour with, um, Gavin DeGraw, Michelle Branch, oh. Rooney, Oof. um, you know, it was like totally That's mid 2000s. Amazing. Oh God. And this Michelle guy, Branch. Joe Firstman, who was I like, love Michelle yeah, Branch. holy shit. And it was all of us on tour. And that like changed my life. Cause I got, that was the first, like, tour vibe of my life you know where all of a sudden right. it was like it went from like a bunch of crowds like i was younger it was like older people dug my vibe from mark and brian then it was like a bunch of crowds where people didn't give a shit and now i'm like teenager the crowd is a bunch of kids my age that like dig this vibe you know what i mean mm -hmm. and it was like impact like it just felt like it connected for the first time and it was yep. like great and then after that it was a bunch of cool touring in one tree hill helped bring a lot of like young college kids in and it was, um, you know, just like golden year touring vibes after that. It was just so much fun. Yeah. You know? That was like that. Yeah. That was definitely like the golden age of touring. I think like, because like 
I mean, for all different genres, because I mean, yeah. even for your genre, like that was like, and, and, you know, it's even cooler for you because you, you know, you, uh, am, am I wrong? Like you would, you rather, you chose the musician life over the acting life. Like you kind of were like, eh, I'm good with that. I want to do this music stuff. Yes. Yes, I did. Well, the thing is, is, you know, I was always like a musician at heart and it was Mm -hmm. always what I, my family are all musicians. I was like, they helped produce like my first record when I was 15 and I was always on stage with them. So I knew I was going to be a musician since the time I was way young, like Mm -hmm. just like my uncles and, and they were all songwriters and that was just like, I, I just knew it. So there was never really a question about it, but there was a lot of stuff offered to me on the acting side around then. And there were some really tough decisions about like, you know, what am I in this for? And, um, and anytime I've been like in a decision like that, where either like really good money has been dangled or really a lot of fame or whatever, you kind of like learn who you are for better, or for worse in those situations. And I mean, it sounds like romantic. Sometimes I don't know if this was always the right decision, but I always seem to double down on, myself as a musician and a writer particularly like I really want to give myself room to keep writing I think I've got like I've never feel like I've run out of ideas I always feel like I just run out of time and I always want to like am worried and protective of things that will take my time away from that you know Mm. um and I don't know if that will be a regret at the end but it has been the consistent choice I've made is is that so um so yeah so I've, I've just been doing that ever since you know yeah, I don't think it's gonna be a regret. I think you I think you know it's not gonna be a regret already. I don't I don't think so, at least. There's something really fulfilling to me about like writing and and I just love that, you know. I, I there's just something about it and I think, you know, as fun as acting is, as fun as touring is, those are all like really fun things, you know. I love to be a performer, but there's something so gratifying about like getting to like write what you want i don't know you know yeah where it's like you don't have to worry about what anybody says you're just doing you're yeah you're just writing what you want and putting it out in the world like that's yeah there's something very liberating about that i think and yeah you know especially in your position where you can like you know turn away the distractions and like not worry about what's been dangled in front of you and be like nah i'd rather do this like that's that's cool man like i i that's 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 great. I think that's a good I thing. I appreciate it, and it makes me feel better about it to hear you say that. But there's, you know, obviously there's been times where I'm like, oh, shit, I should have probably done that, you know, or whatever, especially when there's been tougher times touring-wise or whatever where you're like, uh-oh, you know, you're really... But there is some... But you know the cool thing about the touring vibe? If you get, like, a cool fan base and you like touring and you figure out a way to do it, it's as close to, like, consistent work as you can find as an artist. Yes. As an actor, you can't be like, you know what? I'm ready for a part now. And, like, as a songwriter, you can't really be like, yep, I'm ready for somebody to cut my song. But as a solo artist who, like... Or as a, a side man who's able to, like, get on tours or whatever, like, you can pretty much always tour if you do it right, you know, yeah. and you figure out a way to keep that going, which is cool. Yeah, exactly. And, and yeah, I, I think that's so true because I have so many friends in bands that I've toured with that have transitioned to the solo side of it and have been able to do it like successfully. And yeah, it's great. Yeah. That's really cool. Yeah. It's like, it's cool. You know, it's like, I think with, uh, one of my favorite examples is with Brian Fallon from Gaslight Anthem. Because Gaslight Anthem was like 
wildly successful and they were doing just fine. And it just got to the point where I think, you know, they all were like, eh, let's, let's take a break for a little bit. And then Brian kind of like just did his own thing and was like, all right, cool. We're, I'm going to do this. Like, I'm going to make this solo record and just see what happens. And, you know, it's like he took, you know, he took me and like, um, a couple of the original players from Gaslight, like out with him on that first few runs, like on the solo tour. And it was, dude, it was, it was great, man. It was like, there was not, there was, it was like half and half where we were playing like some of the same sized rooms in the same places. And it was like, whoa. Wow, and even him, cool. even him, he was like, what the fuck is happening? He, he wasn't ready for that. I, I, yeah. Like I'll say it here, like you know, I'm not blowing up a spot or anything, but I don't think he was expecting that. He definitely wasn't expecting that, and he definitely wasn't like. He was like, "Whoa, there's people here, and it's just me." Uh, and I'm like, "Yeah." You know what's dude. cool about that for him is that's like a second chance to start. O- that's another chance to start over and be, uh, like an ingenue again that must be such a cool feeling for him to go through it with the band and then to go through it again as a solo artist be like oh shit people are out in the audience that's so cool you know hey do you guys like pilsners do you like ipas do you like stouts do you like beer in general if yes then we have the place for you be sure to visit DecadentAles.com to browse their current selection available for pickup and shipping. And make sure to use the code STORIES for 10% off your order. That's S-T-O-U-R-I-E-S for 10% off your order. They currently ship to 10 states plus Washington, D.C. Or you can visit their tap room located in Mamaroneck, New York, a short 30-minute train ride from New York City. Once again, that code is STORIES, S-T-O-U-R-I-E-S, and follow Decadent Ales on Instagram. You know all about that, man, because, like, I'm sure you could have had, you know, a sitcom or, like, other roles and, like, just stayed in that world where it was comfortable and you had a reputation, but you were like, nah, I want to do this instead. Like, that's... Yeah, I got mad respect for that, man. That's awesome. Oh, thanks, dude. Yeah, it's like, uh, but you know, it it continues to like change too. And I guess you got to just like figure out, like now I'm kind of in a vibe, you know, I was touring for so long and maybe it's a pandemic, but I'm like really wanting to record a bunch of stuff and do a bunch of solo acoustic stuff, uh, which I've been kind of putting off forever. And now I'm going to probably figure out a situation that'll like help support that where before I was trying to figure out how I could tour as much as possible. I mean, I got that RV dude. If anyone out there has any <laughs> questions about RV touring, somehow you got to get in touch with me. Cause I will, I literally probably should start a podcast specifically about touring in an RV. Cause I feel like yeah. I learned everything. <laughs> I looked for so much information on touring in an RV before I did it and could find hardly anything. I was like, this is awful. Cause it's a viable option if you know a couple things, you know what I mean? But so um, what do you need to yeah. know to tour an RV? Cause I gotta be honest, I've never toured an RV and I've only heard horror stories. So what do you yeah. have that's better than that? <laughs> yeah. You know, the main thing everyone says is tire blots. And so the thing is, if you're just like, if you're totally, totally, and look, I, I'd heard from my mom who's a big into RVing and I'd never really done it before, but 
And they were like, oh, you're going to get a blowout. You're for sure going to get a blowout. You, that's the only thing. And I was like, I can't get a blowout because that'll mean we're late for a show. So like, if that's something that's a must, I can't tour that way. Because my whole yeah. thing was, we have so many dates always packed. We're covering such, so we can't have like be traveling around in a toy that's going to break. You know what I'm saying? I'll just yeah. take a, a fucking tour van. But everyone kept saying tires, tires, tires. You're going to get a blowout. So I was like, well. I, I just ended up checking the air in the tire like every time we got gas then I would fill up if we needed to but I was just religious before every tour about taking it somewhere and being like can you check the tires and like is there something is or, is it even close fucking change the tire you know we put 60,000 miles on the RV um, in like a year and a half and we went through a bunch of tires but uh, you know <laughs> you know we just kept checking them you know what I mean yeah. and we never had a blowout we never had a breakdown I mean we had shit break down in the RV as we're driving but we made it to the fucking gig you know and we got yeah. that fixed at some point you know but um but yeah it was just uh but there's just different things too like just like where you can stay uh but it's it's like to me like one of the best ways I've ever toured and I did the bus thing too and it was great but if you're solo acoustic you can't like it makes no sense to do a bus unless you're like fucking what are you like Keith Urban or John Mayer or something like that touring around you know like who's solo Ed Sheeran you know but otherwise it was just me and a tour manager sometimes me and a cajon player or I think we had three guys in there at one point and we'd sleep in there and it was great not checking in out of hotels having your toothbrush in the same place every night and it was dope we kept it clean we did our cooking like it was really nice you know it's cool That's... and we had a green room that didn't smell like ass you know what yeah, I'm saying like we weren't just... to... <laughs> that was always the worst for me is we have to load our shit and like find a plug for our iPhone cord into some shitty green room you know but if you're kind of traveling with your hotel and your green room it's a little more like yeah it doesn't matter what the green room is if you're if you can just go to your RV and be like yeah I'm fine like whatever I can just yeah. sit here yeah so wait, were you? Doing it's like an running RV, like a like... submarine crew. I realized that's what I was like. <laughs> this feels like I'm the captain of a submarine crew, and we just have to keep it tight, you know. And we just have to, but like it, it was a really well oiled machine, you know. Yeah, and I mean, you know, especially if everybody's like, you know, if everybody's like at least a little bit clean, it makes it a lot easier. Like where you're like, all yeah. right, we all have our sense of cleanliness. Like let's, let's just let's make it work for everybody you know <laughs> you know i actually find road musicians like okay obviously when, when we're young we're like the worst probably yes. kind of people to be around or rely <laughs> on or whatever but yeah. we really turn into some smooth ass stones you know what i'm saying we get beaten into very tight very <laughs> responsible individuals like touring musicians are some of the most fucking tightest people i know you know they got their rig they got their toothbrush situation they're you know i don't know they just got it down you know i've learned a lot from people that have toured forever and that much change that much chaos and trying to tame that in your own life you'll know how to fold the shirt pretty well if you've been touring for like a long time or you know you'll have your suitcase situation down you know and uh yeah. anyway it's funny yeah and you know it's funny you can always tell the people who haven't toured as much by how much they pack like yeah, there's some people dude, that's that, there's, so funny. dude <laughs> there's some people that roll up with like five bags and i'm like <laughs> what the fuck do you need? And they look at me with like my duffel and my backpack and they're like, how are you going to survive? I'm like, it, it, 
it's I don't know. It's going to happen. I've done this plenty yeah. of times. I'm going to survive with a duffel bag and a backpack. Don't worry about yeah, it. Yeah, you're going to wear two this. of those shirts and like yeah. five of those pairs of underwear before we hit a laundromat, and then you're going to repeat it. Yeah, I'm going to do That's laundry. Funny. I'm going to do laundry. That's how I'm going to survive. Like, guess what? Like, I'm going to do yeah, laundry yeah. in a weird Slovakian town that I've never been to. And God, the laundromats people. that we have, oh my God, both probably done laundry at. <laughs> yep. And it's never like the dope area of town that they're like hey we're gonna park the van or bus for a day off it's like no what? it's like you got to take a cab there and then walk yeah. or maybe take a bus there who knows you you got to just get there somehow one time um, i was on tour with these guys in yeah. europe and we had a day off have you ever toured in europe in a bus there they literally have two-story tour buses yeah yeah it's the, the weirdest yeah, double thing. deckers yeah those bunks are like the the bunks are if you're if you're above five foot fucking five foot ten it's impossible to fit yeah. in most of those bunks <laughs> yeah they're like it's, it's like crazy. a little egg but yeah, yeah we had nuts. a day off once they were like okay we're here for the day off in glasgow or something i was like oh great can't wait to explore the city and i we got off the bus and we were like in like a a junkyard or something like a 45 minutes outside of town everyone had to like figure out a way to do laundry everyone's bringing their laundry bags stuffing <laughs> them into cabs it was like the worst day off spot ever we're like fuck but anyway, yeah, I've, I've, yeah, like in Europe, it's a little harder to do laundry. Uh, but the the beauty about Europe, though, is that like most venues have like the the service where they'll like. That's take true. It. Yes. That's true. Yeah. Yeah. And when they come back and it's just like all perfectly folded, and very nice. It's like, oh, okay, you got your you got your shit together. Thank you. <laughs> That's right. Yeah, we did like a one arena tour opening for Hillary Duff, and actually Teddy Geiger was on that tour. Like, oh wow! Maybe two thousand five or six or something like that. But it was my first like arena tour, and I was just like totally blown away at like how cush it was. Like like just catering and laundry and everyone's everything's in the same spot every day. It's like the least like touring, you know, you just show up, they call it, what do they call it? Like the concrete tour, the prison tour. Cause you're just in concrete walls yeah. every day, but everything yeah. is just the same and it's cool. Yeah. And it's just like, yeah, it's like, it's a hockey arena or it's a basketball arena or it's whatever the fuck. And like, you, yeah, you're just kind of there. And like, that's, yeah, it's like, it's like groundhog day in those places. Yeah. But, but yeah. it's also like, you know, something new happens every day and it's just like a lot of fun in its own way. Yeah. You know? It's fun in those situations to have handlers because when there's that big of an operation, you can really turn off mentally and know that someone's going to get you there. It's usually when we, I guess party the hardest because there's someone's just going to make sure it's a little bit more nerve wracking to be like, get like wasted before the show, like at some <laughs> bar down the street from where you're supposed to be playing. So like, fuck up. But if you're like in your dressing room and, or you're wandering the hallways of the arena, like someone's going to find you and with a flashlight, <laughs> blink your way to where it, everything's just, I don't know. I just feel like you just totally turn off and someone will yeah. just get you on stage and put a guitar in your hand, you know, like, it's easier right. to turn off in those shows because yeah, yeah. as you but said, in a fun way, you know, like they're just yeah. like up in a party way, you know? Yeah, to where it's like, oh, okay, we're we're in a safe space. Somebody's gonna direct me to stage at the exact time I'm supposed to be there. Like whatever. Clubs yeah. leave a little bit more time for like, oh, what city are we in? Oh, we're in Chicago. Uh, oh, you wandered off here and you have a set time in five minutes. Well, you better get the fuck back. Uh, yeah, yeah. Like 
come on, like, let's do this. <laughs> oh my God. Or that one guy who's usually on the road who's like always late or always wanders off, you know, like it's so funny. Oh, we, there's we left one that on guy tour. on our tour at a gas station once. Cause we were on, <laughs> he always like took forever in gas stations. We're like, dude, it's the same thing at every gas station. You know what I'm saying? It's not like you'd be like, huh? Wonder what's uh, down, like, you could probably guess what, what you want before you go in. And then one time he texted the guitar player and the guitar player was like, what are you doing texting me from the back of the bus? And he's like, I'm at the fucking gas station. So the girls that were selling merch picked him up. We couldn't turn the bus around and he rode with them the rest of the way, you know? But oh crazy. my God. Yeah. Yeah. That's, that's, yeah. But that's, that's on him. It's like. Totally yo, on him. You know, there's certain protocols. Like if you're on a tour bus. When you go to a gas station, you leave your laminate on the fucking passenger seat next to the bus driver. That's it. Like, that's what you do. Oh, so that's they, pro. I hadn't heard that. That's a what? pro tip. Oh, dude. No, that's that's how you don't leave people behind. Like, hey, if you're going to get out of the gas station, leave your laminate on the passenger seat. And then, you know, if there's a laminate left when the bus driver gets back, he knows, okay, somebody is not on the bus. And then you do a head count and yeah. That is genius. I have never never heard that. I've never heard that. Dude, every bus driver that I was out with is uh, is fired if I ever see him again because of that. (laughs) That's an amazing idea. (laughs) I mean, that's, I mean, I hate to break it to you. That's every tour manager should be fired too because like, that's like just protocol. Like, yo, leave your laminate. Like, and if it if you're if if it's if it's still here when we're ready to leave, like, hey, is this guy here or what? Like, let's go. That yeah, is that's, funny. That's how you do it. <laughs> awesome. Yeah, that's so the way to do it. A bunch of amateurs. No, it's just you know it's, it's <laughs> you know it's just, it's different. I've dude, like, trust me. There's been tours where I've been on for like a month, and I'm like, oh, you don't do that? Oh, okay, cool. Like, yeah, to where you know that everybody has questionable tour managers on certain tours and i've had i've had a few i must say <laughs> oh where, my god yeah to where the tour manager wants to be part of the party and is like oh yeah oh. i'm just gonna fucking like oh you're not here at all okay thanks appreciate you bud <laughs> oh that's a downer that yeah. is a downer yeah yeah the yeah. bummer is yeah that dude you gotta have like a solid tm oh my god that's yeah. how that's where all the fun comes in is if you know that you're taken care of, you know what I'm saying? It's so much more tense if you're like, uh Well, so okay, so Corey so Corey wrote me an email after I'd sent the initial email to you earlier today with everything. And he he told me about how he got arrested with your weed. And I know oh, he's not your he's yeah. not your tour manager. He's your manager. So how the fuck did that happen? Oh my god, I actually it's so funny. I totally forgot about that. Ah, dude, it's fun to relive these things. Yeah, dude, it's crazy. He like somehow there was like a little bit of weed in the back of the RV somewhere in some cabinet. I don't even know, but they pulled him over in Pennsylvania and he's driving to meet me at some gig. And mm-hmm. in Indiana, he calls, said, yeah, yeah, in Indiana, he calls me during the layover and I, it was like a number I don't recognize. And I just like picked it up. I was like, I never picked that shit up. I picked it up. <laughs> and I was like, I was like, this is a call from like the Williamson County, uh, police department in like Pennsylvania. And I'm like, what? And, and Corey gets on, he's like, 
hey, dude. And I was like, hi, what? What's going on? He's like, oh, um, I'm arrested. Uh, I'm at this... Uh, I'm at this PlayStation and I, and I was like, you're there right now. You're arrested. And I was like, are you in jail? He's like, um, they actually just have me cuffed to this bench, but I'm just like sitting right here at this guy's desk. And, um, and I was like, you're cuffed. He's like, <laughs> yeah, yeah. I'm just, but I'm just cuffed to the bench. Just like one hand or whatever. And I'm like, wait, what the, he's like, so, uh, I had to leave the RV on the side of the road, but I guess they saw this California R- and I shit you not. The officer's name is officer party. That's his oh, name. The guy who pulls God. him over. That's and he, he was like, dude, saw the California license plate and Corey has long hair. And he was like, hey, man, you made some weird turn back there. And Corey's like thinking like, no, I fucking didn't. And the guy's like, hey, I, I think I smell some weed. And Corey's like, no, you don't. He's like, Corey had already like cleaned the RV, done, had never smelled yeah. any of the weed. Or, and the guy was like, no, nah, I, I think I do. Um, I'm going to ask you to step out. And Corey's like, oh, are you like allowed to do that or whatever. And in Pennsylvania, you can, you have no reason you can just search someone's car for no reason. Um, it like just changed in 2014. So he just like, he just searched the RV forever and just, and, and the bummer was he tore everything apart, everything like pulled things out of everywhere or whatever. And then of course he found literally such a small amount that he told the Corey, he's like, well, I'm sure if I'd kept looking, I would find more. And for that, they arrested him. And the dude oh. had to like get a, we had to get him a lawyer and they had to appear in court. It was a, a, a total, just crazy. Like talk about gunking up the system. You're like, dude, really? You're going to bring this guy into all this fucking yeah. paperwork. And how this. much did that cost the Pennsylvania, Pennsylvania tax? Exactly. Exactly. Oh. Yeah. For Corey and, having a, a dust speck of marijuana. Oh, yeah. And the bummer is too, is he's like, you know, I don't think he'd even ever smoked weed or, or at least doesn't, but like, he's just not a partaker at all. So it was just kind of such a downer, but like, yeah, it's, uh, but we made it across the whole country back and forth in different States, whatever. And yeah, and we never got arrested for anything. Never yeah, got stopped I mean, for like, weed or whatever. No, but you get stopped in Pennsylvania of all places. Like it's like legal there now. I think it's like I mean New York. It's definitely legal. So it's like whatever. we also like we're, we we did get pulled over a couple times for like taillights and stuff. And I was always worried someone was, was going to get pissed that we weren't safety belted in the back of the RV. So these two safety belts next to each other on this tiny ass dinette and the seat belts are for like little kids and they're <laughs> yeah. right next to each other. So I told the <laughs> keyboard player, he and I were in the back seat. I was like, all right. And j- just in case it smells like, you know, weed or anything weird in the RV. If we get pulled over, we need to both light cigarettes immediately and just to get the smell like in the yeah, RV or whatever. Yeah, just to make it, yeah, neutralize it. <laughs> yeah, so we do end up getting pulled over for a taillight or something. The cop pulls us over and I'm like, okay, okay we got to get in the dinette. So he and I are like safety belts <laughs> together, like ass touching ass in this little dinette, like little kids, <laughs> both smoking cigarettes, like, like totally, like the weirdest, like, uh, you know, like I'm seeing from... <laughs> fucking uh uh the shining or something and yeah. the guy like actually opened the door and was like hey there's uh you know just something just wanted to let you guys know the tale we're all sitting in the back of the dinette like cool cool totally totally but no yeah, no one ever got arrested totally. thank god hey everybody danny here if you have a minute be sure to check out stories.net to learn about how we are supporting members of the touring community with your help that's stories.net s-t-o-u-r I-E-S dot net. 
This is great because we have so much more we can talk about for season two because we're not going to even touch on everything tonight. This is great. Like we have, we're, we're leaving a lot nice. left for the next, the next convo because I think we're going to have another oh, yeah. for sure. But let's go to the this or, this or that portion of the interview. Cool. So it was originally Van or Bus, but let's do uh, Van, uh, Van or Bus or RV. What, what do you oh. prefer out of the three? <laughs> it's got to be Bus still. There's probably mm. like nothing like the Bus situation, you know. That is definitely camp on wheels. Uh, and if you can swing it and you're playing venues that have the parking for it, yeah, Bus is the vibe. Yeah. Me. I mean, yeah, it's just the, it's, you know yeah, what it is too. Else. There's this moment at the end of the night, maybe like, I actually, actually, I, I don't even drink anymore. I stopped drinking cause it was just felt like for me, like so many years of just like, Oh my God, like every night. And then when I come home, it was, every, I just like was obsessed with it. I loved the party part of it. I love the social mm-hmm. aspect, but, um, there was a few times like on a bus, I feel like the best moment is you're sitting in that stairwell while the bus is driving. Okay. So you're like in the front seat. Usually the drivers will let like somebody smoke a cigarette out that little triangle window there. Yes. And if you've got like a buzz after like a long show and you're sitting there at night, just you and the driver, you're smoking a cigarette and you're flying down the freeway. (sighs) That's a cool moment. You know, it's a special (sighs) moment. Dude, that was my, those are the, those moments were the reasons I wouldn't go to bed until like <sighs> three in the morning. Cause even if the driver was an idiot and sucked, it didn't matter. Like, cause yeah. And even if they were cool, it was still like you had your silence. You didn't talk, yeah. you know, it was like, you know, and it was just, yeah, just sitting at that, at the, at that, on that jump seat, just fucking flying down that highway that cigarette just out the window yeah. like oh god dude that shit is like it's one of those things where like most people don't understand it if they've yeah. never done it but like if you've done it fuck you know how awesome that is and yeah yeah and just how 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 treasured those moments are because yeah, those were great, man. There's not like, a lot of quiet on the road, you know? No. And I feel like in a bus, you can find some spaces of quiet, which is cool. And I hate kind of checking in and out of hotels. Um, so I don't know. I, I always slept on the bus. I just hated checking yeah. in and out of hotels. Yeah. I mean, it's little known fact is like, they're up, up, like, even with the gaslight tours, like, and any of it, most of the other tours I've done with like the, with, with, the, with the bands where I'm like, good friends with not like the bands I didn't know going in, like where it was just like a money gig kind of thing. Right. With the bands that like I've been friends with for years, like it was always the bus. Like, cause you could always have somebody else staying on the bus with you on the nights. Yeah. Yes. Yes. There was always somebody else like, Oh wait, you're you're not sleeping in the hotel? Oh, oh, I'll I'll stay in the bus with you and it's like, all right, cool. Like it's our bus tonight. Yeah. Everybody else can stay in the hotel. We got the bus tonight. Like uh, I love that. Oh, uh, yeah, that that's those those are the moments I really miss where I'm like, man, oh, like cuz yeah, I could think of at least like five people right now off the bat that I'm like, yeah, you're my you're my bus hangs, like for You're sure. my bus bunk. Yeah, for yeah, sure. Exactly. That's funny. All right, so, okay, so 
catering or buyout? Ooh. Uh-oh. <laughs> buyout for sure. I mean, catering if it's on an arena tour, but um, yeah. I'm not going to do catering usually at like... And obviously, like any kind of House of Blues or any of that shit where they've got like great food, but um, otherwise, buy out if it's just some random place. Like, I do yeah. not want to figure out what that dude's doing with chili or whatever he's doing back no, there. No, no, yeah, like, yeah, <laughs> buy, yeah, buy, give me, give me the money, let me go get my own food. Like, that's fine. Like, we will definitely do that. <laughs> um, all right, festivals versus club shows, like oh, headlining, headlining shows. Festivals are fun. But what Festivals about a headlining show? What about a Tyler Hilton headlining show? Headlining shows are fun. Headlining shows are fun. Festivals are fun, though. I That is like, that is such an energy. I love that. I, I don't know what it is, but if I, if I could, I would love to go out on a tour like they did in the 50s where there's a million artists and everyone comes out for three songs. Like, I love that <sighs> shit. I, every time I yeah. do that, I end up sitting in with other people. I love watching them. I love the camaraderie. Um, I love the crowd, the atmosphere. I I just like love festivals. I love that vibe. Yeah, like, but on any, I haven't like, done as many as level. I have with clubs though. I've done a lot of clubs. Yeah, but you even, but you're saying like you like like smaller, smaller like festivals too. Like it doesn't have to be like a big festival, just to be like a, like a no, no, just like yeah, at, like any kind of like festival or outdoor show. I've done college festivals or whatever where there's like a few artists and it'll be like mm. a rap act and me and so I like a country act, you know, like I like that stuff, you know. It's an excuse to get really cool bills and um I always love the energy of those things. That's awesome. I like that. Yeah. Uh what about pilot versus flying J? We were talking about hey. folks' house before. That's, that's a tough one. Or loves. Or is it loves? Or loves. Oh, yeah. <laughs> All right. We got to throw a third one on there. So I think I, I got to go loves. That'll be my loves. curveball. Loves. All right. All right. I do love a loves. There's something classy about it. There'll be probably a Wendy's and a Subway attached, <laughs> and there'll be some clean bathrooms and... <laughs> yeah, the bathrooms are very clean at loves, I got to say. Like, out of all the truck stops, loves probably has the cleanest bathrooms like for sure <laughs> like yeah and they yeah and and the food situation is always a little better but i love truck stops we stayed at a lot of walmarts in the rv but if we yeah. could just stay at a truck stop we would and i always felt so safe there and i feel like there's a camaraderie with truckers and there's just i just like it i like truck stops well it's I cool like because like those old those old crusty truckers like they look at people like you know, that look like you or me. And they're like, these guys are staying in a truck stop. Uh, <laughs> they're all right. They're all right. You yeah. know, like they, they give you that stamp of approval of like, ah, yeah. Okay. Whatever. Like, yeah. Like yeah. You, you're, you're a young buck, but you're still doing the same shit I'm doing. So, all right. Respect. <laughs> it's nice. Yeah. Yeah, it's, it's crazy. Nice, uh, Some of those nice truck stops feeling. too are just like huge fields of just like hundreds of trucks. And it's like, wow, just a bunch of men sleeping in their car in this field right now, yeah. including us. It's just wild. Yeah. yeah. And it's like, and nobody fucks with anybody. Like there's no like, you know, I mean. No, no. It feels like yeah. safe. Like it feels like everyone's just like trying to do their job, you know? Yeah, exactly, man. I agree. Um, okay. Uh, U.S. versus European touring. U.S., man. European tour tours fuck with me. I love the fans <laughs> and I love the vibe playing over there. But, oh, man, it's just everything. And I know I'm, 
I'm probably just going to list one thing, but the plugs, it's just, there's always <laughs> something and I can't ever get it together. It's like touring's hard enough. And then something about touring in Europe, I'm just totally wiped. Like it's the money, it's the plugs, everything's fucking different. Um, I love hanging there. Yeah. I like have been there to like travel for fun, but something about having to work and needing your tuner to plug into whatever that that's just like, Oh man, you know that I say us any day. It's so much easier for me. Yeah. It's just more convenient. Like, yeah. Yeah. Like, yeah. But I mean, like, I think like a European tour for like, if, if you're, if you're only going there over there for a week, that's, that's a little tougher because it's, you know, you don't have much time to adjust and then you're just coming back to America and like back to the, the time and everything. But I think the longer tours over there have been some of my favorites to where it's like, Oh, oh I'm nice. used to this by now, you know, like, Oh yeah, cool. Yeah. We got yeah. this, like whatever, like, and I mean, yeah, I don't know how much time you've spent there in one shot, but I mean, yeah, I've spent a bunch of time there and I, I di- I like I love the vibe over there. It's just the touring in particular is always tough. Even I think maybe the longest I've done is probably just a month, you know. But um, usually it's like two or three week shots. But um, yeah, fun vibes. I mean, I yeah. feel like in the beginning, my problem with it was I just felt hungover the entire time. Like, how are you not gonna go out? <sighs> After yeah. every show, you know, yeah. what I mean? especially like, when we're in Dublin, you're not going to go out. And you're no, like, all right, I'll go out. Yeah, all yeah, right, like, we're oh, going out. dude, we're in Manchester. There's <laughs> this like bar, right and you're like, oh, okay, well, let's just go. You know, like, <laughs> it's like, yeah, man. yeah. Bless the people who have the self control to not go out, because I know plenty of those people who are like, no, I'm going to bed. And yeah, I, was, I, I was also like, know the what? other people who were like, no, we're going out. Like, we're in Europe. Like, let's fucking go. Like, how many times? Yeah, you can't quite pull that. Like, bro, we're in St. Louis. You want to stay inside? We're in St. Louis tonight, bro, or whatever. Yeah, you know, you exactly. Well. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. But then, but but it's the same thing in Europe. There's people who are like, oh, you went out in in Norwich last yeah. night? Like, why? <laughs> yeah, yeah. It's like, yeah, because... You're like making a party wherever. Yeah, yeah dude, Newcastle was turned with... up last night, bro. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, Newcastle was lit, man. I don't know. It's fucking crazy. That's what we did. Um, okay, so... Oh, playing live versus playing in the studio. Oh, you know playing live, for sure. I gotta be honest, like, I, I, I don't sing... I sing better live. I perform better live. I play better live than I do in the studio. And my, my personal thing is always trying to make my record sound as good as I think I do live. Like there's an energy live that I just, I, I don't know that I'm always trying to capture it. So that that's my kind of how I'm trying to like sharpen my knife. I can't quite get it and I'll always keep trying, you know, but I just get turned on in such a way when I'm live and adrenaline, something aligns, I'm thinking about the audience and so many other things that I'm not overthinking the things I shouldn't be. And it just lines up, you know, so live for me. Aside from a, a flat tire here and there, have you had like anything crazy, like where it's been like, Oh God, what is happening? Uh, I'm trying to think I've been, uh, you know, like I've, I've fallen asleep in an airport by myself and like missed, <laughs> you know, my flight, you know, I've missed <laughs> shows cause of snowstorms. Like I've been, you know, like I'm trying to, oh gosh, I'm trying to think of some. some yeah. What's the memorable stuff, one? Cause you, you probably have a lot, but what's the one where you're like, oh boy. <laughs> uh, 
Oh my God. So, you know, I, I think there's probably been times I'm trying, I feel like I'm trying to think of the specific memory, but I, I feel like there was a time in particular where I missed my, my way of getting to a venue and had to ride with some fans or something. And it was terrible. And I remember thinking like, there are reasons why people are responsible. Like there are reasons to have your shit together and it's to avoid these kind of situations. You know, like it's just through, you know, trial by fire that you like, okay, Lord, if you get me out of this situation, I promise I'll just like, you know, whatever, but uh, like, I'll, I'll wait, think of something. Was it a situation where you thought you were going to be kidnapped or what? No, no. It's just okay. like annoying for like, you know, something like four hours of like, just like not the coolest people and just like, just something where you're just like awkwardness. You know, I kind of, I can't remember what it was exactly, but. Is it the um, same kind of people that would like put your song on while you were in the car? 100 oh 100%, no. 100%, 100%. 100%. i was so i was so like i was such a johnny appleseed when i was younger mm-hmm. i was like i it was just the craziest thing i would put myself in any situation without any like any thought otherwise there was one actually time the first time i was in europe this is actually really wild but i mean nothing happened so but for whatever, actually, this is a whole long fucking story. <laughs> Go. For whatever reason, dude, I, it was so weird. But for whatever reason, I wrote in my t- journal that day, which I hadn't even really been keeping a journal. And I don't know why I decided to write it that day, but it was like I was young and kind of like romantic. And, and I, I thought like, God, it's such a weird day. It was in London and we were flying to somewhere in Germany on one of those like small airlines like Ryanair. And I wrote in the diary, I was like, today... I'm going to die. And I dated it. And I just like felt like it was a creepy feeling that day. And then we got, you know, I was like, just thought like, wow, this will be amazing that if it happens, like I wrote it down. Well, then I'm on this plane on the way to Germany and we hit the craziest storm of turbulence. And I mean, the craziest storm I've been in to this day in an airplane, never really had anything crazy happen in an airplane except for this time. And it was shaking all around and people were like, oh, you know, and I'm like, I'm like the guy, my best friend that came with me. I was looking at him like, oh my God. So science needs to know. We do know the day we're going to die. Like, this is so crazy. Within the anticlimactic part is we fucking, we land and we're fine. You know, yeah, and I lived. But like, but in that moment I was like, oh my. And I still have that piece of paper. Um, And then there was actually all this other crazy stuff around it. Like this woman I ended up, was my teacher she ended up telling me months later, she was like, when we got back from tour, she hit me up. She was my high school teacher. She's like, Hey, I had a heart attack. And this is like really weird. But while I was in the, in the hospital, like my husband who's dead, my late husband came to me and said, Tyler's in trouble, but he's going to be okay. Um, and I just had to tell you that cause I thought that was so weird. And I was like, Oh my God, I'm so sorry. You had a heart attack and so good to hear from you. And I was like, wait a minute. What, when was that? And she fucking told me the date, dude. No joke. That's why I was like, this is, I didn't know if I was going to get into this whole thing. And it was the same day. And I wrote it and I was like, I was like, wait a minute. And I went and found that journal and it just happened. And it was the same day, dude. So like, holy fuck. That kind of thing, like always like really like, I'll, I'll have to think about that more when I'm older on some porch somewhere, but I'm like, what? But it happened. Why did I write in my journal that day? What was going on with the plane? And what 
happened with this woman having this heart attack and her husband coming to her tone her that I was okay. Never met her husband. Crazy. Wow. And she made it, she was she ended up being all right, right? She ended up being all right. She was fine. And she that's why she was telling us this story. Like my friend and I who were in her class, he was with me in Europe. We were young. I was like 19. We were in her senior English class or whatever. And she reached out to us and we were close to her. She was an older lady. And she was like, yeah, I had a heart attack, but I was like, fine. And we were like, oh my gosh, I'm so glad you're okay. And she's like, this is kind of weird. Like, I don't know if this, you know, means anything, but, and then she told me and I was like, oh my gosh. Dude, crazy. We, we can, we can get into that more. A, a, not when it's not being anyway important. i'm just like rambling yeah dude. no no just having human contact i'm just like talking no, that's dude um well yeah well they'll definitely have to be around too because uh i i yeah this is fun it's actually even funny talking about things like the tour bus stuff like with people that i haven't toured with but that know what i'm talking about but that's the commonality with like touring musicians like no matter what the genre is we all have done the same stuff you know yep it's a very small to, world yes Yes, we've all been to the same truck, spo- truck stops. We've all been to the same venues, and yeah, we're not. None of us are much different from the from the lead singer down to the fucking merch guy. We, yeah, and we've never been able to figure out why the venue sound guy is always such a dick. We've just <laughs> never been able to crack that code. Why yeah. is this guy always so angry? We should get a venue. We should. I know a few venue sound guys. Would you they're please? Not, and they're not like, dicks. What do we That's not know? the thing. They're not dicks. They're great. <laughs> we got to figure <laughs> out how. We gotta. We gotta use them to breach in and be like, "Oh yeah. wait, why? Yeah, okay, yeah." We gotta figure. So it these out. guys know they don't have to do this for a living, right? Yes. Like they have free will, and yes. God, they're so they're so bummed, you know? Yeah, yeah. And I always yeah. feel like I'm 15 years old at my first show when I'm sound checking with these guys. They find <laughs> some way to just like make me feel so small. <laughs> no, no, no. Don't let nah. Don't let them f- make you feel small. That's if they if you feel small. <laughs> That's that's on you. That's not on them. That's fuck me. Them. Right, fuck right, them. Cool, fuck cool, cool. them. Yeah, whatever. Yeah, they, fuck them. All yeah, right, cool, nah, cool, cool, you cool. you don't have to feel small. You've nah, you're you're, you're like, doing just it's fine. Still, I'm pretty sure it's still feeding back. <laughs> They're like, nah, it's not. I'm like, okay, all right, you're right. You know what? Yeah, yeah, yeah. You're right. <laughs> you know, it's like, nah. Yeah, it's weird. You know, I'm just going to stop one more time. It's mine's still feeding back. You know, he's like, well, I cut it all. Everything's cut. What else do you want me to cut? I'm like, I don't know. It's just feeding back. You know, that's always my like. <laughs> yeah, no. And it's like, oh, you're just being an asshole. Like, fuck you. Yeah. Like, just do your fucking job for the day for fuck's sakes. Like, God, I'm doing my job. You do your job. Yeah. Right? Like, I always wanted to be break. the guy that's like, yeah, I think you just need to like dip the 5K, just like just a couple DBs and like just right there, you know. <laughs> I never figured that out. But if we get back on the road, I will. Yeah, we'll get we'll get on that on the next episode. We'll have the we'll have the one oh one on how to talk to a venue crew and how to cradle them so they're not dickheads. <laughs> Dude, we have to do a round two. We have because this was so two. fun to do. Dude, and, this is um, awesome. I, I thank you so much for having me on to do this. This was like uh, really nice and therapeutic, actually. Dude, I, I agree. This is this has all been like a little form of therapy and like it's cool as fuck. This is the first <laughs> time the first time we're meeting and we just fucking jumped into it. Like it's yeah. dope, man. I think I think round two is gonna be very, very fun. I'll have Corey put us in contact for real yeah. so we can um go yeah, deep so can on just, the other stuff. Yeah, definitely. That'd be we'll, awesome. We'll get into everything. Where are else, you based, yeah. by the way? In the Bronx, New York. Oh, cool. 
Yeah, and yeah, awesome. I, yeah, it's 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 cool as fuck. We'll uh, we'll get into all that when we fucking talk. But uh, yeah, man, this is this is cool. this, this has been a blast, dude. Thank you so much for. I mean, thanks to Corey for fucking hooking this up. Like Nick from Bayside too. Like for making this happen like this is dope like i'm i'm glad this happened yeah long island crew hooking it up the long island That's crew cool. there there long island's not really part of new york in, in in our mind the bronx is uh we're more <laughs> mainland but whatever we'll let them stay we'll let them have it all right fine. <laughs> dude thank you so much man dude good hanging with you dude fuck yeah pleasure see you man peace out stories and all access podcast is hosted by me danny del donuts It is produced by Kenneth Fletcher. Our theme music is Storms by Personnel. Learn more about what we are doing for the touring community at stories.net. That's stories.net, S-T-O-U-R-I-E-S.net.